On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Lisa Woodruff, a wife, a mom, and a professional organizer, productivity specialist, and an author of Mindset of Organization. Take back your house one phase at a time. I am so, so excited to have Lisa on the show today because the first part of the show, we'll talk about not only about organization, but we're going to talk about dig deep into her business, how she started her business. What was her journey like? What were the first steps that she takes that she she took to build that client base because she still works with clients locally and where she lives and as well as online. So I love that, love that concept, love the way she took her business. And she was, she's been able to do this all while raising two beautiful children. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. Thank you so much for being here. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Okay, Lisa, it is such a pleasure to have you. You are a really good friend of Natalie, who was on our show previously a few months ago, um, and she is amazing. And I feel like you guys almost have like the same voice, the same vibe, and I love that. No wonder you two are business besties. Oh, well, I will take that as a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. I see you here in the comments. And Natalie is, um, for those of you who want to check her out, she is a podcast host of bizchicks.com. And she has all these incredible services for uh, mom entrepreneurs, for women entrepreneurs. So go to bizchicks.com. It's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. I love how creative she got with her name. Anyway, back to you, Lisa. Thank you again so much for joining us. I'm so excited to dig in. I know you have been in business for a while and have built it from the ground up while raising two beautiful children. So I want to really focus the first part of the show on how you built your business, how what were your first steps into acquiring clients and how did you balance everything? I know this is so much, so many questions at once, but I will totally um, lead you through, um, through that journey and by asking you the right questions. So tell us, what do you do right now and how did your journey start? So currently, I own Organize 365. It's a podcast. It's an in-home professional organization business. I write books. I speak. And my whole goal is to help women get their homes organized so they can get out there and do what they were uniquely created to do. And Organize 365 launched the year I turned 40 in January 1st of 2012. And that's when I started my professional organization journey. However, I have been self-employed or working for direct sales companies or, you know, putting nine different businesses together on my Schedule C tax return for the last 20 years. I have always been self-employed when I wasn't teaching. And without that direct sales experience and base, I would not have been able to launch the, the Organized 365 brand the way I did. Mm-hmm. So when I launched January of 2012... I had 15 years of direct sales leadership behind me. I had teaching behind me. I was a business coach. I had been a blogger for three years. I understood the online space. So I really launched with a great game plan of creating this brand that would empower women to get their homes organized. And I was a direct sales rep for a company. What I didn't know when I launched it was that I was a professional organizer. I didn't even know what a professional organizer was. 
So I was repping this direct sales line. I was blogging every day. I was doing everything that you did in 2012 to build an online presence with um, Facebook and Pinterest was not quite around yet, but it was on its Mm -hmm. way. And I would go to these home parties. And I don't know if you're familiar with Mary Kay Tupperware, all these home party events. They're really hard to get people to come to. I mean, some people get lucky and they get 10 or 12 people at an event. My events had 22 people, 23, 25. And I was like, okay, maybe it's because I'm doing a new thing. Maybe it's because it's my friends. And when I got to the third event, which was in my home city, I figured these were all my high school friends coming out to see me. Wow. And I didn't know anyone in the audience. So I looked at my friend and I said, why are there so many people here? How did you get so many people to come to your house that don't even know me? Wow. And she said, well, of course, everyone wants to know what a professional organizer has to say. And I was like, I am a professional organizer. I didn't know. I didn't know that's what I was. So that was in March of 2012. So I went online, researched professional organizers, figured out how to launch that portion of my website. And hung my shingle out April 1st. And from then on, I was profitable organizing people inside their homes. Now, what's hilarious about that is I was already being paid to organize people in their home, but I didn't realize that was the service I was providing. I had organized direct sales owners, home offices for years. I'd written a book on how to organize your direct sales business. That's amazing. And I was organizing my scrapbooking clients' houses and their photos and making albums for them, but I didn't realize just the skill of organizing was a service that could be sold. So that's how Organize 365 started. And I say that because when you look at a business like mine, that in five years I've put in the 10,000 hours and my business is very successful Mm -hmm. and I love it, like it's my passion. But I'm going to be 45 this week and I've put five years of my life into this, but really it's a 20-year story because if I hadn't done direct sales, if I hadn't learned how to sell, how to motivate a team, how to work with people, how to negotiate through the teaching system, I wouldn't be good at what I do now. I love that you mentioned that. And thank you so much for mentioning that because so many of us want to be way ahead than we actually are. And Mm -hmm. it really takes experience. It takes years, especially that we're moms, that we're building businesses. And something that I have in common with you is that I also, and okay, you guys, those who are watching or listening uh, on our podcast or replay, um, a lot of you don't know this about me, but I started in direct sales as well. And I... I wasn't successful in it, but that that's what got me started. That's mm-hmm. what got me like, okay, oh my gosh, I'm selling these things for uh, this company. Why can't I just sell my own stuff? And so that's when direct sales really um, brought the entrepreneur in me. So that's so interesting that you have that similar um, that similar background. So so now you realize that people really want that the organizational expert. They really want to learn from someone like you. Um, what were your next steps? Like as far as like establishing a business goes, like what were the first steps? Like, did you get a website or did you post um, your services on online? What did you do? Yeah. So I was really lucky because I had been in direct sales. I sold creative memory scrapbooks. So I had, you know, 400 people locally that knew me and they knew that I was an organized person because they'd seen me in that business and I'd help them organize their photos, which Mm -hmm. is one of the hardest things to organize. So the idea that I could organize an office or toys was like a no brainer because I could help them organize photos. I did not get very many of those clients to hire me though. A professional organizer will typically have, well, in my experience, two to five clients per month because it takes a couple of days to get a client organized. 
And you only work maybe two or three days a week because it's a very physical job. You cannot exactly. physically work five days a week as a professional organizer. Exactly. So I always set out from the very beginning to have multiple streams of income and eventually scale my business so I wasn't doing the in-home organizing. Mm-hmm. However, I want to keep it real. It took me three years just to get to the point where I was profitable enough to even start thinking about that scaling level. So I had ebooks that I wrote in the year 2012, but they didn't make any money until, you know, 2014. I brought on two team members on my professional organization team, but then it was the whole transition of, well, people wanted to hire me. Like I sold them on organizing when I came and did the walkthrough and then they're like, what do you mean you're going to send somebody else? I don't know. (laughs) So that was an 18 month process to change my language, to change my website and to when I went into somebody's home to sell them on the idea of getting organized, that someone else was going to come back and do the organization and then eventually get to the point where when people call me now, I almost never go to their home. I give them an on the phone quote and then I send my girls out to do the organizing. So I actually do all of my quotes on the phone now. And it's all an evolution. Wow. It's a building of your confidence in your skills yes. and in your selling ability. But really those first three years, and it, it really was the first three years, the blogging, the writing, the eBooks, the starting the podcast was all about figuring out what part of organizing I was best at mm. because you can organize 800 million different things. But the two areas that I focus on are organizing your home, which is the physical living spaces and storage spaces of your home, mm-hmm. and organizing your paper, which is a totally different animal. I don't talk about organizing your business. I don't talk about organizing your children. I do some, but I mainly focus on any woman, 20 to 80, in any living area. Very it could be in Germany in an apartment or in the Midwest with six kids in a house. It doesn't matter because I talk to the woman and her home. And then you can add in husbands and kids and all that stuff, but it's really about getting the woman organized. And it took me three years to really find my voice. And that's when I launched the podcast. And so the podcast really is like my classroom. Wow. It's where I get to do my lecture. Like I I did as a teacher, I taught everything from four-year-old to eighth graders, every single grade I've taught in there at some, in some way or fashion. And so that's how I teach. And then people decide to go deeper with me in workshops or classes or through printables and things like that. And that's when they like elect to take extra classes. So that's kind of how I look at it. Really interesting. And I love that you said, I don't work with kids. I don't work with men. I don't organize businesses. I don't do any of that. And you really, really had that focus. How did you get to that decision? Because so many who are starting their businesses, they're kind of like, they're they tend to generalize. I want to attract everyone, but we both know that doesn't work. But how did you get to this decision? Right. And as a professional organizer, when I'm in your house, I will organize your kids. I love to organize kids. I won't <sighs> let mom in the room. Like if the child is 10 or older, mom's wow. not allowed in and the child's allowed to make all the decisions they want. And if they don't want it, mom's not allowed to put it back in the kid's room, oh. but they can keep it in the bedroom if they want. So people are like, okay, maybe I want you to work with my kids. And it always works. It's so fun. <gasps> and I can organize men. I can organize anybody. But when you have an online presence, that doesn't yeah. make any sense because in a podcast, and I did record five podcasts for girls last summer. How cool. And I told the audience, look, this month we're going to focus on the youngest group of girls that are still living at home. Then I'll go back to women that are 20 to 80. And my wow. audience is very diverse. So I, it's very spread out across those age groups. But I just talk about a woman's lifestyle because if you start talking to men or you start talking to children for a couple of weeks, the exactly. women who are getting fed and making progress will stop making progress. And then you have to start yeah. over with them. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, I could speak best to women because I am one. (laughs) 
And as a Gen X, almost 45-year-old woman, I can really speak to almost every single generation because even though I'm not the older generations, those are the ones that typically hire us as professional organizers, and I've organized hundreds of them. So I know what it's like when you lose your parent, when you lose your spouse, when, you're, when you become the caregiver, when you have to sell your house, when you blend families, when your kids have a serious medical condition. I've organized all those situations so I could speak to that generation wow. through experience of having organized them, and I could speak to all the other generations of women from having lived through it. Okay. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. Um, first of all, you do not look like you're in, in your mid forties. That is crazy. That Yummy. is crazy. I was like, <laughs> what? That's crazy. Okay. So Lisa, but then again, i I, I understand and I agree with your position that you're in the middle of both generations and you can serve them both. And, and I love that you mentioned that you can you know, uh, empathize to the people who are really going through a rough time. I think that's really, really important. Um, and so how, how do you, but I feel like for me, if I would do that, I'd be like adopting grandmas and adopt, adopting all these people into my life and them becoming my friends and me having bringing them cookies or whatever like I I just get I I get attached to people very easily especially when sharing something something emotional like that how do you (laughs) not cross those lines well you do I mean a professional organizer is probably the most intimate relationship you'll ever have which is why it's really really hard for people to hire them or if they do and they don't meet their needs it's people feel very I don't, not violated, but just yeah. really disappointed. So like I just went and met a couple the other day that we're going to organize their house. And I said, really with us, you get professional organizing services. That's a given with anybody that you hire. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the people on our team all deal with um, special life circumstances, you know, special needs kids. We're all moms. We all are yeah, juggling yeah. many things. Yeah. So we understand the role of mother. We're all home business owners. Everybody on my team also has their own businesses. So we understand business. But we're also like counselors. Like when you are helping people declutter their stuff, you're asking them great questions like a coach would. But then you Mm. also sometimes have to step back in the role of counselor. And I'm not a counselor. Like I don't have a degree in it. But our psychologists have said I am a counselor. (laughs) Like I have every qualification. You have to really know when people are going through their mom's stuff and their mom passed away two years ago. When do you say, okay, you cannot keep this whole basement full. You have to start making the decision to let go. Or when do you stop and let them tell the whole 20-minute story about the red dress and they get to keep the red dress? And so as a professional organizer on our team, we're really constantly balancing their expectation that we will have the house organized when we leave Mm -hmm. and their need to process through letting go the emotions that are attached with the stuff. Very interesting. That's so interesting because emotions are huge, huge part of organizing. Mm -hmm. Um, So Lisa, so let's, let's go back a little bit and talk about like the the systems, the business stuff. Um, how do people find you? Like if, if, when you were starting out, how did you get yourself known? Because I mean, there's so many moms watching mm-hmm. They're They're itching. They're like, Oh my gosh, I could totally be an organizer. Mm-hmm. And, but what are the, some of the steps that they can take to start building that business? Okay, so the best thing is to go out and speak locally and be in networking groups because people don't realize how professional organizers exist. And if they meet you, then they either need you or they know somebody who needs you. That is the best way to get started. It took me three years, and I was already a blogger for three years before this, to really get enough Google SEO juice to get people to show up on my 
blog. And I would say currently, I would not start a blog. Like I would have it up there so you have some content. So when people go to your website, they have something to look at. But all of the bloggers I know that have made money from blogging, they are seeing their readership drop, drop, drop. But my podcast is growing like crazy and people fall in love with me because they, I talk to them every week about organizing their house as if I was next to them organizing their stuff, which is how they feel because I feel like I'm right next to them organizing their stuff anyway. And so I'm starting a network of professional organizers across wow. the United States who understand the emotional part and they listen to the podcast and they understand the Sunday basket and they understand how I organize yeah. because my audience wants to hire professional organizers, exactly. but they want to hire professional organizers that do it the way I do it. So mm -hmm. that's what they tell me. Okay. So good. Let me back up a little bit and talk about blogging versus podcasting. That is absolutely mind blowing. I think it's so important to know that, to know what to focus on and it, you're right about the readership in the past couple of years. I feel like there's so much competition out there that blogs, it's really hard to stand out with a blog. And ladies, those of you who are wanting to start a blog, I don't want to discourage you, but always keep that in mind is that there's always, the online space is always changing constantly. So right. if you really want to be in the game and play that game, you really either has to be really consistent and really focused and really um, SEO focused on your blog, or you can go to video, you can go to podcasting. Yeah. And so I love that you shared that with us, Lisa. Video would be much better because yes. Google has actually changed so that they're more focused on hyper local. So you can't even really not game the system, but like I rank for paper organization. If you search wow. paper organization, I'm going to rank because I wrote a book called 10 Steps to Organize Paper exactly. in 2012 and I've sold, I don't even know how many copies. It's been in that ultimate bundle that you talked about yes. with Stephanie Langsford. Um, and it was just in, uh, is it in the one that's coming up soon. She's having another one and the mindset yeah. of organization will be in that bundle. So, so awesome. it, I got ranked for paper organization because of that ebook and because I guess uh -huh. posted on a hundred sites. Now, the next thing I went after was the Sunday Basket, which is my own system, which is now trademarked. And I went and I talked on, I think, 30 podcasts about the wow. Sunday Basket. Well, now if you search Sunday Basket, like page after page after page is me. That wow. takes five years and 10,000 hours. Yeah. Like yeah. I, when I started, people were like, it'll take five years to grow your business. I'm like, yeah, you've never seen how fast I work. And I was like, I'm going to beat those numbers. And guess what? It takes five years and 10,000 hours. I don't care how productive you are. Like, Growing an online presence, growing a business from scratch takes so much time, which is why I love direct sales. You get a business in a box and you get to learn the skills of selling and leadership and all that without worrying about everything else. If you're going to do everything from scratch, there's a lot to learn. There is definitely. I agree. And Lisa, you remind me so much of Natalie. Oh my gosh. Like you're so <laughs> upfront. You say how it is. You say how it is. So we it are does... in our 40s. <laughs> I would never ever think when that you're Natalie, in your 40s you say it how it is <laughs> oh my gosh okay so I love that I to totally love that about you so back by backing up a little bit um I want to talk about your book so you wrote a book on organizing which is ladies like I think the coolest way to establish yourself as an expert yes. is write a book and your book is an ebook and you post it on Amazon but you know you it, you didn't you weren't I think that's what you said you weren't getting much sales in the beginning in 2012 but so, how did you ramp it up 
Yeah. So my original eBooks, like I have about five oh, eBooks that you can buy on Etsy. The Mindset of Organization I wrote in June 2016, and it um, hit the Amazon oh, okay. number one bestseller when I released it. It sold over 10,000 copies. It's a legit book. It's on Audible. It's a printed book. My next one will come out in June, which is How ADHD Affects Home Organization, Understanding the Role of the Eight Key Executive Functions of the Mind. And then I'm going to have a new product in the fall that I'm not mentioning yet. Oh my goodness. So ladies, if you are interested in what Lisa is doing, make sure you sign up to her email list at organized, organize365.com, which is the, the best domain name ever. How did you get that? Well, it was 2012. <laughs> That's true. Back in 2012, you can pretty much get anything. I, I'm mm-hmm. Well, not anything, but really good domain names. But if you are, you know, if you're just watching this, please don't let this discourage you. I mean, times are changing, but there are, there is so much work left to do for, for you. There's so much room for you to grow your business as well. So Lisa, you mentioned that the book is legit and how how did you get did you get a publisher to publish your book or did you self publish legitly like it through create space how tell us about that yes i have had a book deal with a national publisher in 2010 mm-hmm. it was a child's church curriculum but this one i self published and i did do it through create space and i uploaded the audio through kindle um no through the audio audible through audible the audio through audible <laughs> it's live you know what i mean yes <laughs> Oh, and Lisa, okay, like I love how you make this so accessible because it is accessible. Ladies, like literally, if you are passionate and crazy about a topic, it it can be anything, organizing, it could be very specific. I remember when we had Amber Mack on the show, she said, be very, very specific, pick a very specific market and go at it full force. And so like in, in your bookcase, you got, you know, you focus on organizing paperwork, whatever you maybe you want to work, organize on, do you want to, or focus on, um, and not even an organization focus on, you know, working with autistic children as a mom, homeschooling mom, like, I mean, super, super niched. And if you write a book about it and then have blog posts, supporting that that book i mean you the sky is the limit for you seriously it's but it's so i'll so give important. you a little tip i'll give you a secret you want yes. a secret yes okay so start a podcast and start talking about whatever you're passionate about mm. and then watch your download number numbers mm. so whatever the download numbers are highest for that's what your audience is resonating with the most so and true. then i took those podcasts and i transcribed them and that's how i started the book so the, the mindset of organization is about this idea that I feel women go through four stages in their life, childhood, accumulation, survival, and downsizing. And in each area, you organize differently, which is why you're totally organized as a kid in your bedroom. And then all of a sudden you have kids and you can't figure out how to organize your home. Like what yeah. happened? How did yeah. I become unorganized? You're not unorganized. You're in the accumulation stage. You need to understand the ebb and flow of that stage and what you need to do in that one. Again, when you turn 40, you're going to go into this survival phase. No matter what the, what the age of your kids are, you're so going to hit this. And you need to re-up your organization again. And then once the last kid leaves or after 55, you're going to want to downsize everything, including the husband and the dog. I mean, they're going to need to really wow. try to get you to let them to stay because you're going to want everything gone and you're going to want to travel. So every time oh, so that you change these stages of life, they're about every 20 years, your organization has to change. 
and then you'll get reorganized for the next 20 years. But as you go through each of these transitions, it gets really messy, really unorganized, and then you need to reorganize again. Yeah. So that's what that book is about. So good. Okay. And I want to, I want to take this to, uh, our live audience. Uh, ladies, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, Holly said, love the happy dance, Lisa, the happy dance that you, that you did. That you look so much younger than you actually are. Are it's incredible. Um, Olga says I organize a lot, but how do you always stay organized? I need some tim- some tips too. And Olga, we're gonna get into this question in a bit. And Brooke says be the authority in your own in your world of work by writing a book. So Brooke totally agrees what we we're just talking about. Brooke, thank you so much. I I appreciate you being here. And Andrea says this is so helpful. About to launch my ebook, so I really appreciate these tips, Andrea. Absolutely. I'm so, so happy that you're here and yay for writing an ebook because it can just not be a ebook. It could be ebook and a soft cover book on Amazon that people can purchase via Prime, which is crazy because it's like printed on demand. And, um, and I have a question concerning that, Lisa, in just a second. But Shannon says, so helpful. Thanks, Lisa and Vicky. Absolutely, Shannon. So good to have you. Um, also, Shannon asks, can you talk about organizing photos, especially the ones on my phone and not printed? Oh my gosh, such a good question. Let me get that in just a second. Shannon, we're going to get back to that question in just a bit. I'm all over the place. Um, but Lisa, um, I want to ask you about Audible um, audio, like audiobook on Audible. Like I honestly, I did not know that you could take a self-published book and you can record your audio, which is obviously you have all the equipment, you can just record it. And then I didn't know you can send the files into Audible. How does that work? Can you tell us? So actually I have really good quality on my podcast and my podcast editor says I do. But then when we recorded the book, it took me five months because wow. we, I had to keep re-recording the book because the, the standards for quality on Audible are so high. Wow. So we had to keep re-recording and they had to get, I don't know, whatever. We're starting much earlier with this next book. I already sent him my test file going, what do I need to get so we don't have to do this so many times? So can you tell me what it was? Like what what did you do to that? (laughs) What did you do um, to improve the, oh, did you not read it? Oh, I read it. But they went through and they had to go line by line. And like, if your computer, like your computer gives off feedback and there are these little clicks and they took yeah. everything out and it took them forever. So you hired an editor to, yeah. To, oh my and gosh. And I hired an editor for my book. Like, like if you're going to self-publish, that's fine. I invested $6,000 in self-publishing my book. I, I hired a coach. I hired an editor. I hired an audible editor. Whoa. I got a, a professional cover done. I had it formatted. So it was six months out before I made any money on the book because I had to yeah. give away all those free copies and then you start charging for the book. So it takes a long time for you to recoup that. So if you go with the publisher, they, they pay you and they spend all that up front or you self-publish and you pay all that yourself exactly. up front. But treat it as a professional thing. Just because you could do it yourself doesn't mean it's going to be free. Exactly. And I love that you you pointed out. And I mean, there's different ways to go. And I agree that if you pay up, you will get the book out faster, better, better quality. But if you do, if you don't have the money, you can do it yourself. But do understand that it's not going to be as perfect or as 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 pretty or as seamless as you know maybe Lisa's book so and it will take a lot longer so I just mm-hmm. want to mention that so Lisa how did you improve the quality of your audio I'm so curious like did you put window um pillows all around you 
No, well, they made me get this little funky thing. See that the microphone is in. What is this called? A stabilizer? Uh, boom. Or something? Yeah. I, oh, okay. Whatever. A boom and a yeah. I, I already had this Audio Technica mic, and I'm recording in my bedroom, <laughs> so there isn't a lot of echo or feedback. Yeah. But I not I don't know what they had to take out. I never got it good enough. Like they had to spend hours and hours and hours. It was like it was ridiculous. Oh my god! How much time they spent? They got like five minutes done every twenty minutes or. Oh my god! Crazy how much time they did were spending you, editing it. But did you pay based on the project or based on how much time they spent? It was. They. I ended up paying more than the project. Mm. More than double what we thought the project oh. was, but way less than the time they spent. Like they split it with me. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's nice. But I because she does all my podcast editing. Oh, too. how cool! Okay, cool, yeah. great, and um, and you know sometimes it's better to hire based on time. And and I'm a huge outsourcer. I love hiring people on Upwork. And so, like, I always make sure that I, uh, you have to, ladies, those of you who are watching, you have to, like, think about, like, will this be, will, should I pay for this service based on the project or based on how long it will take? Because mm-hmm. if you go by how long it will take, sometimes, sometimes, in some cases, you end up paying more, a lot more, especially if you don't know the person. So, um, I love Lisa that you guys were able to work that out, um, and make it a win-win for both of you. Um, Olga says, Vicky, you should have your book scheduled balance on Audible. Olga, you're so sweet. I'm actually working on my book on revamping it because there's so much that has changed. And Lisa, I want to ask you about that, actually. So I wrote this book a year and a half ago, poured so much of my heart and soul into it. I love it. was very happy with it. Um, My sister edited it because she's an awesome writer and editor. Nina, shout out to you. And... Um, I put it on, on, um, I did not put it on Amazon because fears, you guys, fears. I have them too. Believe it. Um, but I am, I really want to revamp it, but I wonder what is, is it like my, my perfectionism that's like wanting to redo it or like, I want to hear your take on it. Like, did you ever want to rewrite your own books? Oh yes. So I have five eBooks out. And I've decided they aren't good enough and they all need to be rewritten and all these things. And then I go and I take a look at them and they're better than I thought. Like yeah. they're better than I remember. And yeah. so I would rather get a new thought out there in print than to continue to refine an old thought. So for example, oh, the Sunday Basket, which is my trademark thing we're going to talk about in a minute. Yes. I've thought about rewriting that book and that was actually slated to be done this year. And I went back and I reread it and I was like, you know what? It's good enough. And I'm not going to turn it. I was going to turn it into a paperback book. And I was like, you know what? It's not really a paperback book. It's just a two ninety nine ebook. It's fine. It's fine the way it is. But the mindset of the of organization was a whole new thought process in the way that people organize. This thinking about phases. That's something that is a book. That's something you know. I think of books as you read the book and and you have a totally new way of thinking about something. And the Sunday Basket is that too. But it's just one thing that you do to control your paper clutter. It's not a whole new way of thinking about how all these different women interact in different generations. It's not that big of a concept. And I wanted to hit that question that somebody brought up. Oh, yes, that's please. okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the question was, I organize, I organize, and I organize, and I don't stay organized or I don't get organized. So yeah. in January, I had three podcasts in a row. The first one is step one of organization is declutter. So... of people just need to clutter first. They're not ready to organize. They have to declutter. 
Step two is organizing. And this is where everybody gets stuck on Pinterest and they keep trying to make it perfect. And they're organizing and they're organizing and they're organizing, but they don't feel organized. So then they go buy more containers or they declutter more stuff than they should. Then all of a sudden they're like, darn it, I decluttered something that I needed. Always happens so this to me. organizing thing isn't working for me. And I finally figured it out. See, five years. There's Everybody can keep yes. learning. I finally figured out yes. this year what it is, is that they're not taking it to level three. Level three is productivity. So mm -hmm. you declutter and then you get organized. Once you're organized, then you have to become productive, mm -hmm. which means that the whole goal of getting organized in your business, in your paper, in your house, in whatever, is so that you can streamline and reduce the amount of time that you spend doing whatever it is that you're organizing. So you have free time to do the next thing you're meant to do. A business, spend more time with your spouse, do something else with your exactly. kids, move, whatever. And we get stuck in this rut of organizing, 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 and we don't kick it out to the productivity stage. So if you go back to Organize 365, the podcast, go back to the January podcast, that'll be step one, step two, step three. Mm -hmm. And that'll kind of see where you have to kick it out of the organization. And in the fall, the productivity piece is what I'll be developing more of. And ladies, um, I... I love what Lisa is doing. I love her heart. Cause you know, like there's some, there's some great people doing great things, but not only does Lisa does great things, but she, she, oh my gosh, she has a heart of gold. So I highly encourage you to go check out her podcast. It's like you're just literally sitting in the car and chatting with her. And Lisa, I love how real you are sitting, looking up on that pine tree and just yes. chatting away. How do you record in your car such great quality? Oh, I can show you. Okay. <laughs> So this is what I use. It's a Zoom Handycam. It's $99. Wow. H1 Handy Recorder. And it has a little, um, it's in my computer right now. It has a little scan drive disc thing that goes right in here. Amazing. And then I just, I'm showing the Facebook Live people. Sorry, you should have been on the live. It has this little carrier card that it goes in, the scan disc card. And then you put that in your computer. And I upload it to Dropbox. And then Amanda does her magic. And it ends up on iTunes. That's amazing. And I tried to put you in full screen, but I was too late. But thank you so much for sharing that. I, I would love a link after. And okay. um, Nina says, just because you do it yourself doesn't mean it's free. She says she loves that. So Lisa, that's a quotable. Nina, thank you for quoting that. I'm going to make sure to to quote it on um, on Instagram and on um, Twitter. And there was a question about photos. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Oh, Shannon says, can you talk about organizing photos, especially the ones on my phone and not printed? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, so podcast in February, I hit on this. Okay. And I talked about creating, just go, it's a podcast. This It's like three podcasts ago where I talk about organizing physical photos into boxes and how to do step one and step two, and then how to start to get your phone photos uploaded to Dropbox. And then there's this company okay. that I love called Time Shell, T-I-M-E-S-H-E-L. And okay. it's in the podcast. And we'll link and, that below too. And that um, will have you upload, I think it's either 15 or 30 pictures, and then they come printed to you. Oh. oh, no, they're downstairs where I could show you. They're so awesome. Oh, that is so cool. So, and there's a code that. in there and you can get um, a free month. So, Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I love printing photos. And you know how like on Instagram, we always post our like favorite oh. part. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so sorry. So Timeshell, what they do is here's the problem with digital photos. 
because this was my old business was photos. Okay. So I'm a little obsessive <sighs> yes. about this yes. and I don't like digital. I like printed. So I would upload all my pictures to Dropbox and then to, you know, wherever Costco, and then you get them printed and then you bring them back and like the heads are cut off. Yes. It's all these, because the way we take pictures on our phone is not like you did on a DLSR camera. Oh, and so when so they come true. out printed, they're printed wrong because they're, they're supposed to be five by four, not six by four or whatever. Oh my gosh. So they're always so wrong. True. Well, time shell is only for, it's app, only for Apple phones. Sorry if you have an Android phone, but it's only for your photos on your phone. Okay. And it knows if it's an Instagram photo or a phone photo. So when you get your little package in the mail of the photos that you picked for that month, if it's a regular photo, it's, I think it's five by four. And if it's an Instagram photo, it comes as a square that is so cool. I love that. I I'm going to have awesome. to link up to it. And um, Shannon, I think it was Shannon. Shannon, I want to share just really quickly. Oh my gosh, I know we're like running out of time. I can talk to you forever, Lisa. But I really want to share really quick um, how I organize my photos. And I don't know if this is like the most ideal thing ever in the world, but like, you know how like we post on Instagram and we post like the most perfect parts of our lives like I'm not gonna just post a random photo I'm gonna like make sure that it's like positioned well that's why I haven't been posting on my personal Instagram for a while but anyway like whenever I do take that time and make a perfect photo for Instagram then there's this um there's so many apps like that but I use social print and social print pulls all your photos from Instagram and then you can choose which ones you want printed yeah, and they that's print what it. this one does yeah Okay. Oh my gosh. And I love it because they come in cute squares with like a little white trim around yes. it. And yes. Oh yes. my God. Yes. I love it. And I Only post this pulls them. it from your whole phone, not just Instagram. Okay. Yes. And that, that can do for my, for my phone too, which I love. But as far as photos, so you know how like um, iTunes puts everything, like if you have a Mac, it puts everything in the iTunes photo library. I really don't like that because that makes my photos only on my computer. And there's workaround, take you workarounds for that. But anyway, what I did, I got two external hard drives. It's a little bit ex extreme, but I had a really bad experience with my hard drive crashing and I lost all my photos. But anyway, so what I do is I have this really cool app. Oh, what is it called? If I can pull it up really quick. It's called Phone View, just the phone view. And what it does is as soon as you plug in your phone, it pulls all your photos from the phone and you just drag them and drop like all your photos and even buy oh my gosh I'm so crazy passionate about this but like you drag and drop all the photos into your desktop or folder or in my case hard drive two and hard drive one and like they all just automatically just, okay tra files transferred without having to deal with all the iTunes annoying stuff and so like and then in my hard drive, I organize them by year. So I go back to, you know, what, let's say 2012, 13, 14, 2013, 2014. And then when you click on that, there's two folders that says photos and videos. And so I separate them that way. And I, I used to do like by event, so-and-so's wedding, so-and-so's yeah. party. But I'm like, eh, year right. and photo and video will do. Anyway, so just wanted to share that. But Lisa, I do have um, really quickly ask you a few questions. Few questions before we get into the Sunday basket, really quick. Um, Lee, Michelle Duncan Wilson says, "I love Lisa." <laughs> Michelle, we Aww. love Lisa too. Holly said, and this is a really great question. Um, what about people who want to become professional organizers? What do you do to help them start up? And Holly, we touched upon this a little bit in the beginning, um, but I am curious what Lisa has to say. So, if you go to organize365.com. I think it's slash P-O-M-P for Professional Organizer Mentorship Program. 
Mm-hmm. I do have a mentorship program. And the awesome. reason I started it was specifically for my audience, my audience in Texas and Florida and California and Washington. They're like, please, who do you know in this city? I don't feel comfortable recommending just anybody that I haven't worked with. So yes. this is where we invest yes. in each other's business. I get you profitable. So the 12-week program is I get you profitable. You're licensed as an organized 365 provider and you're licensed to do the Sunday Basket Workshop we're going to talk about locally. Mm-hmm. And the first group is going through now and they're already getting jobs from the podcast. It is so fun. But I also have a couple free resources. So the Professional Organizer Think Tank is a podcast that is free on iTunes. There are only six episodes still up there that are not part of the mentorship program, but that's a great way to get started. Wow. There's a Facebook group of over 5,000 people with the same name, but it's spelled wrong, but you can find it. <laughs> it's professional organizers. Think tank spelling is my worst skill, just oh so you know. Gosh. That's why I like talking. So, so there's that. And then I have a checklist and it's this massive checklist. It would take you years to do all of it, but it gives you all of the things that you would want to have in your business five years out. And you just start checking them off and getting them done. Oh, I love that. Checklists are so great. I actually just uh, listened to a book, Checklist, Checklist Manifesto. Oh my gosh. Like how important checklists are is amazing. Um, okay. Last question I'm going to take. Um, Connie, I hope I answered your question about the photos from the phone. And if let me know if you want more details. I'll send you the name of the st- the app and tell you more about it. But Nina asks, interesting question, Nina. But Lisa, do you consider yourself to be a minimalist? No. Oh, oh, I'm so glad we asked this question. Okay. <laughs> I am not a minimalist. I am not a perfectionist. And I do not have a Pinterest home. So let's put all this to rest. <laughs> I am an average middle-aged American women. I'm like, you know, two kids with the dog, 2,400 square foot, you know, like whatever you have in there for average person, that is our family. Like we are the average family to a T. My house is organized. And by organized, that means if you ask me where anything is, I can find it for Mm -hmm. you without having to look, Mm -hmm. but nothing looks like Pinterest. Like I can't even decorate well. Like I just don't even see colors. One of my organizers on my team is a decorator. And so we were in somebody's house and she goes, oh yeah, these people don't know how to decorate. I was like, oh, how do you know, Carol? And she says, oh, well, people who don't know how to decorate, like they paint all their walls beige and they have beige carpeting and they have brown furniture. And I was like, have you been in my house, Carol? And she's like, oh yeah, that is you, isn't it? I was like, well, some of the walls are red. So, you know, like I just, I'm not a decorator and I'm not a minimalist. I mean, I have paper and I have, I have a hundred scrapbook photo albums and I have stuff. I find as I get older, I'm liking less and less stuff, but I could never move into a tiny house. Actually, we're looking to move into a bigger house, not because we need more space for our stuff, but our kids are adult size now. And that's kind of freaky. They used to be little and they fit great in this house, but now they're big and I want them to have their own bathrooms and they're going to have spouses and kids and friends Mm -hmm. over. And I just want them further away from me. So (laughs) I'm not a I'm not, this is what everybody says about the podcast too. They're like, you should listen. She's really funny. So um, I'm not a minimalist. I am not a perfectionist. And you're not going to get any decorating or Pinterest tips from me. I am an, I am your average girlfriend who's going to say, no, you have to get that organized. You have to be able to find it. But we don't have to take anything to the perfectionistic level. Okay, Lisa, everyone is cracking up, including me. And I'm trying to hide my awkward laugh because apparently I don't know how to laugh. But that is hilarious. And I love that. And ladies, those of you, those of you who are listening to us um, and watching us, like, seriously, how cool is that? Like, do what fits your family. Mm-hmm. Do what works for you. Like, you don't have to 
um, you know, do the whole minimalistic thing or the capsule wardrobe, if it doesn't entice you, if it doesn't interest you. Um, but I'm sort of a minimalist and, um, just FYI. Okay. So let me hit on that just real quick. Sorry. Yeah. Um, are you a millennial? Yes. Okay. Millennials in general are more minimalist. Interesting. This is going to go way too far out. I am such a nerd. So if you look at the baby boomers and the 1980s, when they were raising their kids, that was the height of materialism. I mean, like my parents didn't do it and I'm still a little resentful of it, but some parents would stand in line overnight to get their kids a cabbage patch doll. Thank you very much. I did not get one, but that's how it was. They got every single beanie baby in the box with the tag on it. And you can, that was the height of materialism. It goes in a cycle. So millennials are going to be at the, at the lowest part of minimalism, but millennials don't worry your grandkids. They're going to be maximalists again. So it's really cyclical. Yes. And I explain this in the book. And this is why the baby boomer parents are trying to download all of their China onto the um, millennials who are like, we didn't even register for China. Why would we want your China? We didn't even get our own China. We're going to go travel the world. Exactly. I saved this for you. Why didn't you? This is your inheritance. Why didn't you say? And so we need to open up this conversation. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And I think being Gen X in the middle, like I'm used to seeing this from my cousins that are millennials and my aunts and uncles and parents who are the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So, and then the other thing is a lot of people will go minimalist on the things that are not their passion. Everyone has a passion project. And for a lot of millennials, it's electronics. So you can hide the amount that you are buying on your phones and computers and technology. So it's not showing up as an attic full of precious moments and stuff like everybody else has because the amount of stuff you have is hidden on all these little gigabytes of things. But oh everyone has a passion project. That is and once you so know what your passion project is, they will declutter everything else. So my father-in-law is fishing. He has a garage with I don't even know how many fishing poles. It drives my mother-in-law crazy. Fishing poles, boats, all this stuff. And I'm like, why do you care? It's all in the garage. He has nothing else. Leave him the yeah. garage and don't go in there. Why are you going in there? Stop going in there. that's his passion thing downsize everything else hers is the kitchen she has every single cooking thing known to man she's an amazing cook yeah but she doesn't have other things so whatever your passion project is you'll have a lot of everything else you'll be like yeah fine we can get rid of it if that means i can get more fishing or cooking or whatever oh my gosh that is so interesting very interesting point it's it's about your project uh passion projects some some moms love to dress their kids up, like really cute and the kids have a ton of clothes my kids they have like a very minimal amount of clothes so it totally depends I, I completely agree Lisa we can talk all day long okay seriously <laughs> but I would love to I would love to but here's the thing I really want to dig into the Sunday basket it, I I heard a little bit about it I want you to tell our audience because apparently it's changed your life it changed lives of thousands of others of other women and i want you to change mine with the sunday basket so please share it with us okay so i figured out the sunday basket when my kids were babies i had a six-month-old and a two-year-old and i had a full burgeoning business that was more than 40 hours a week i never took any maternity leave because my kids are adopted and they were sick and it was crazy Mm. so i had this huge stack of paper on the end of my kitchen counter and my husband is such a saint he didn't care it was fine but i couldn't get anything done because my son wouldn't take a nap And if he would take a 20 minute nap, I would spend so much time going through this paper pile to find whatever it was, a bill that was late to be paid, not because we didn't have the money, but because I couldn't find the bill or orders to be placed or downline to talk to or adoption paperwork to turn back in. I would spend so much time looking for paper. I couldn't get anything done. 
So one night at eight o'clock at night on a Sunday night, everybody had gone to bed, including my husband, and I had energy. So I took all of that paper and I sorted it out on the family room floor and it was 40 different piles of things that had to be done. And I used to be a teacher, so I had these things called slash pockets. And there are these plastic, um, here's one. There are these plastic binder inserts that have tabs on them. Yes, yes, Or they yes. don't have to have tabs on them. You still see? Mm-hmm. Um, and I labeled them, not with a label maker. You could just label them with a Sharpie marker, too. Sorry. I'm getting all excited because I'm on video. See? Sharpie marker. <laughs> are you still there? Oh, yep. I'm still here. I messed it up. Um, so I sorted everything by project. Then the next day, when the kids took their naps, even though it was only 20 minutes, I was able to grab one of those slash pockets, get done what was in it before they woke up in 20 minutes. And I became more productive again. Hmm. So the Sunday basket system is where you put all of your actionable paper to do's mail and even the things that you're going to fix around the house. So if you decide you're going to repaint the doors in your house and you get a quarter paint, you put the quarter paint right in the Sunday basket. Like anything that needs to be done goes in the Sunday basket. Wow. And the idea is every Sunday you can pick a different day if you want, but I do it on Sunday. You take every single thing out of that Sunday basket and you touch it and you ask one question. Can this wait until next Sunday? If it can, it goes right back in, you're done. So bills to pay. Okay, I pay what needs to be paid. The rest can wait until next Sunday. I'm not going to paint the doors yet. The thing of paint goes back in. You go through the mail. This is when I open my mail. I don't open it every day. Sometimes I do, but not always. So any mail that didn't get unopened gets opened, recycled, all of that. Um, Forms that need to be filled out for kids. Anything that needs to be done, any paper goes in this basket. The reason I like a basket is because it's portable. When you have little kids, I would grab my basket. I would go to the library. I would go to the coffee shop. So you could take it somewhere else if you want to. And it's pretty. And so it looks good on your kitchen counter. It could be a box. It could be a bag. It'll match your decorating, whatever works for you. So this idea of having one place for all of the paper and the to-dos to go is so awesome. Because then on a Wednesday, when you find out that you really needed to fill out that form early and you didn't do it, you know exactly where it is. It's in the Sunday basket. (laughs) It's not by your bed or in the car or on the kitchen counter or you set it down in the laundry room. And and everybody says, oh, I don't really have paper all over the house until they do this system. And then they email me. You're right. I had had paper everywhere. Oh, absolutely. I I feel like, but but I feel like I would throw a whole bunch of random stuff there from like, fine. So do you go like odds and ends, like um, my kids, like, little key or a little magnet or whatever um do you just throw it in there and then at the end of the week like you go around and put stuff like is that do you implement not toys, that but let's okay. say it's let's say it's a toy that the batteries died in then yes because oh. that has an actionable to do it's not your put away basket. anything actionable okay i love that so if it's like a shirt that needs to be taken to the dry cleaners or something that needs to be hemmed or mended yes then that could go in because that has to be done if it's a prescription that needs to be refilled, yes. But not just like I'm cleaning up yeah, around yeah. the house, it goes in the yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yes, okay. But I what happens to... is, and you do, you put like all kinds of paper in there. Okay. And then you're like, well, I keep saying I'm going to read this, but I touch it every single Sunday, every single Sunday. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to read it. Get rid of it. Interesting. You'll start to get rid of things because you have to touch them every Sunday. 
And then I just started this thing called Sunday Basket Workshops. So I thought that I would do this online workshop. I do it on Zoom, just like we're recording this. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little classroom. So I could see everybody and everybody's Sunday baskets. I thought, this is great. This is going to get everybody started in a Sunday basket. So I launched it. I had three full classes. I went to teach each class and they all already had Sunday baskets. I was like, why are you guys at this class? You already have Sunday baskets. And they're like, yes, but what do I do with this? So they were holding up the things that were going in the basket week after week after week. And that's when I said, oh, you need to make a binder for that. Oh, that goes in a filing cabinet. Oh, you need to get your husband a Sunday basket and put it in that basket. I love (laughs) that. So they had a bunch of stuff they didn't know what to do with. And so then I helped them with that. But if they go to Organize365.com slash newsletter, that's going to give you a Sunday planner printable free and put you on my newsletter list. But it's also going to give you this seven series email that helps you get started doing the Sunday basket for free. I love that. And Lisa, you you are amazing. I feel like you're so careful with how much you email and how much um, how much content that you give away, how much value you give away, which is so great. And I'm so thankful to you. So ladies, go on to, and her website is right below her, uh, her name, organize365.com com go there and sign up for her newsletter so lisa oh my goodness um i before we go before i let you go i know we're totally um totally past our time but we're having so much fun and ladies thank you so much for sticking around i see so many of you are here um i kate says hi lisa we love all your organization podcast and systems um so kate that is very sweet um Okay, so here's a question I want to ask um, that Lynn asked. And I'm asking the same thing because we just got a puppy. Oh my gosh. Um, Lynn says, what about pet supplies? Like how, what do you do? How do you deal with pet supplies? Where do you store them? How do you organize them? I would also love to hear. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, so I got a new puppy two years ago and you should know I did not like dogs at all. Like I was bursting and walked in the house and like stood like this. I was like, ooh, you have a dog. (laughs) And then we got a puppy. And now I'm one of those crazy puppy people. It's hilarious. Everybody knows Hunter's name more than even my kids because I talk about my baby all the time. So Hunter has a ridiculous amount of toys because he's my baby. And what I realized was I always thought I'd have a baby in my 40s. And I did. I had a dog. So (laughs) I get these collapsible cubes from Walmart that go in those like 12 by 12 cubes, like Ikea cubes, but they're soft and they're foldable. I think they are better homes and garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have, that's what I put the dog toys in. Now you have to limit yourself, people. When that thing is full, your dog has too many toys. Mine is full and I know how many toys that holds. That's all the toys you can have for your pets. Start to get rid of the non-favorites. Then I have a photo box in my laundry room. You're laughing at me. A photo box in my laundry room. And that's all the extra treats, like the bones and stuff that we buy. Oh my gosh. We buy our dog weight. We buy him so many treats that he doesn't eat his real food. So oh my gosh. I don't take parenting advice from me. This is not a parenting podcast at all, but I can tell you how to organize this stuff. And then in the back hall, we hang up all his leashes right where all the kids hang up their coats. Hunter has his own hooks and we hang up all of his leashes. And then I have a little 31 carry all. It's like a 10 or $12 little tiny bag thing on one of the hooks. And that's where we put all the little poop bags. That is so cool. Oh, and all yeah. of his treats are in like a uh, bread box. You know, those old fashioned bread boxes that you lift up and you put the yes, thing yes, in. Yes, yes, yes. All of his treats are in there. And oh. he has five different bags full. And we buy like three bags a week, plus bones, plus cookies. I am not great at parenting advice. I like to buy stuff. Lisa, you are hilarious. At all. <laughs> I am 
so not a minimalist. You are hilarious, Lisa. Thank you so much for bringing not only so much value to our life today, but so much fun and laughter. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. So, Lisa, I I want to thank you again so much for joining us today on the show. And um, I appreciate you so much. And as you know, there are so many comments here that um, the, the ladies loved, loved what you had to say as well. Yeah, I'll hop in tonight and comment. I've got to go right to another interview after this, but I'll hop in tonight and I'll comment. So just keep leaving your questions and stuff and I'll comment later tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. Have an amazing day. Thanks, Vicki. You too. Ladies, oh my goodness, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for staying here to the end. Lisa has so much value, so much good stuff. And I really hope that you were able to take her knowledge, take her experience and all the golden nuggets that she she shared and apply it to your own business, whether you're an organizational business or not, whether you have your own, whatever business that you have. I got so many nuggets for my own business and I'm pretty sure that you have too. So thank you again so much for joining us live on the mompreneur show today i hope you will join us live next monday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and oh my goodness gracious we are on itunes so i would love if you go to, can go to itunes and subscribe and maybe leave us a review if you love us and of course you love us so thank you again so much and ladies for participating in here andrea you're so um you're so active here and you're so sweet thank you so much um andrea said thank you for sharing her story plus the sunday basket equals mind blown Thank you again so much for being here, for watching us live. I really hope that you will join us live next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. Thank you again so much for being here, and I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.